Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Danny Wynn. He, a world-wound acting career. Do you know he was, he was a very successful contractor, but the bug, the bug of acting was always there in his blood, and he gave everything up and decided to go full-time as an actor. He's been in the Manhattan series. Uh, he's been in quite a number of other series. His passion kind of probably comes from the fact that he was a, an, an army brat, so he, you know, military brat, so that he had a taste of what else was out there in the world instead of just coming from one place. And uh, that acting bug got hold of him. And so he's played uh, an American World War II General Douglas McCarthy in the Japanese historical TV series uh, in in Daten, Daten. Daten, a Tokyo <laughs> Olympic story. Um, he's launched the Danny Wynn Masterclass, acting from A to Z, helping aspiring working actors of all ages in the region develop their natural gifts and learn the do's and don'ts and use their passion to take their game onto the next level. And the beauty of this is what I really do like here is that a lot of actors come to it, you know, right from the word go when they're young. I mean, we see so many kid actors nowadays and the, the real hot stuff and then somewhere along the line because they kind of got their childhood robbed they go down a different type of path may come back to it later or just completely disappear coming in as a mature actor when there aren't really that many and having consistent work and the adaptability of bringing a different character to you know to that maturity which you really sometimes can't do as a youth i think is absolutely wonderful it also is a statement that we are never too old to redirect in our life and follow our dream and do our passion and you're an example of that danny welcome thank you happy to meet you and everybody watching and everyone watching yes um it is never too late is it you know when we may discover something later in life that we find as a passion that we really love to do and people go oh you're too old for that you what do you think you do you've got stability blah, 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 and everybody's the naysayer but if it's such a driving force in you we have to follow it don't we we just Absolutely. simply have to and you're never too old each day is the first day of the rest of your life mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, and life should never cease. You should never cease to live life or strive for any dream or any endeavor. Nope. Um, I started this nine years ago at, at uh, 57. I didn't even know what a podcast was until I was asked to join someone's network. And, and it was live for 13 months. And, you know, I always called that the soap opera training. Because when you look at what soap opera actors have to go through, how fast they have to learn their scripts, sometimes hardly any rehearsal time thrown in it at the deep end, <laughs> you've got to learn quick. And I would assume as a mature actor, there is an assumption that maybe you're seasoned and that you've got this. Is that so? Or, you know, is it like where you're a newbie, we'll be kind on you? 
Oh, I don't know. I think everything is, everything is like something new. I don't think you're ever seasoned enough to, you can always say you've got this because you have the confidence and the experience and the knowledge that you can do any role. But again, that kind of disappears when you've got a new really meaty type of role to go into. It's just like, for me, at least, it's just like all from the beginning again, because you're reliving another character. And as yeah. a method actor, um, especially because you're, you're taking your experiences, but then you're not Danny Wynn playing yeah. that role as Danny Wynn, which is a, I forget what form of acting that is. And that's just not my style. My style is method to take my personal experiences and emotions and bring them to a character, but that character's mannerisms, voice tone, mm -hmm. you know, many things where the way he responds would not be the same way that I respond, but the feelings are coming mm -hmm. from you know, my experiences or responses that I've had in my life. It was a wonderful speech. I think it was Viola Davis to Meryl Streep and calling her kind of a, a character thief that she watches everybody and, oh, I'm going to steal that for a role, you know? And as an actor, you kind of do, don't you? You see how somebody's reacting to something. Mm, I could use that somewhere. Have you kind of got a subliminal storage of, of uh, you know, um, characters you know, out I, there yeah you know i do and, and and oddly enough you know i'm the one of the youngest of five children and me being a military brat and every so many years being stationed somewhere else i think the longest time we were in a place growing up was four years in mm -hmm. key west florida and i developed this uh extreme shyness which is i still do have mm -hmm. um it may not look like it right now because i'm a good actor um but i'm still very shy but that shyness enabled me to just always watch people yes i was a constant watcher um not just you know i mean their expressions their mannerisms their emotional reactions things that happened in their life and i just studied and watched because i was too shy to do anything else and my older siblings had you know gotten older and they didn't want to play or do anything so all that storage of all those years um always i, I still bring that in one way shape or form to every character I, I think that was a big benefit. And uh, I, I, think, I think it's that way uh, for many actors, successful actors, is there was, you know, everybody thinks that uh, they're this big gregarious yeah. personality. When I think in turn, there's a lot of that shyness and honestly, there's a lot of insecurity. Introvertness, in, insecurity. I mean, some actors don't even want to see themselves on screen. You know, they've mm -hmm. done the role. It's it's how they remember it in their mind. And mm -hmm. and it's, you know, for some, it's like, oh, my God. And they immediately become self-critical or insecure. Uh, and others learn from the role that they've that they've played. Do you watch yourself? Do you see yourself? I do. And, and uh, I'm told I'm a, my worst critic. But <laughs> yes. uh, it, it is difficult for me. And, and I... You know, some roles I'm real happy with, especially if I'm allowed the freedom and I'm usually allowed the freedom to do my acting pretty much by the director these days. Um, but in the beginning, there's some that's like, I just didn't want to act it that way. Right. And, and there's, you know, it does give you a chance to reflect and criticism is not a bad thing. Um, you learn from it. So, yeah, I look back and like I said, it can be hard sometimes. And but I can also learn from I wouldn't say mistakes, but the way I might have been better off to do it differently. Well, I mean, you know, experience <clears throat> finds, mm -hmm. right? And, um, you know, talking about introvertedness, I think some of the, you know, the greatest actors and actresses out there are 
generally rather introverted people mm -hmm. you know when they're not out there doing the role they love their own time their own presence you know in a right. calm quiet life and then they can come out and be that person and you think they're larger than life in life but actually they're quite reserved mm -hmm. that's true and I then we see with many we, we see the other side of things where, you know, the, the, the perpetual extrovert, <laughs> but there is, there is a certain amount of burnout with that, isn't there? I, I think so. I think less is more. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think in the career of an actor, whether it's, it's uh, meant to, or just comes by again, sureness or shyness or introvertedness, less is more. It's good to have a little mystery. They don't need to know everything about your life and everything about your personality. No. The thing about successful acting is being able to play many diverse roles. And there is always a signature of you in there, right? So people know, even if there's, you know, prosthetics on or anything else that there's a, there's you there, it's your signature. But then there is that percentage that becomes the character. Mm -hmm. um, who do you admire? You know, who's been your muse that kind of you look at and go, oh, I want to be that kind of actor or that kind of actor is the one that inspires me? Man, that's always a tough question for me. There, there's so many actors who I enjoy, who I think are very, who are very talented. Um, I, it's hard for me to say that any actor has inspired me or that I look at the actors that I admire and say, you know, I want to be like that or, 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 mm. or grab that from that actor, some certain things. Um, but I mean, going, if I'm going to mention names of actors who I think are, are just amazing past and present, um, you know, we can go to Jimmy Stewart. I just thought was amazing. I always love when he said uh, on an interview, they had asked Johnny Carson, had asked him about his stuttering. I just saw this a couple months ago on YouTube. And, you know, the way Jimmy Stewart would have that little stammer. And he says, was that intentional? He says, no, it was by mistake. I was just trying to remember the lines and everybody <laughs> seemed to like it. So I just kept doing it. <laughs> it but became still, his you know, signature. <laughs> yeah, it became his signature. And, and he ran with it. Um, Denzel Washington uh, currently, I think, is amazing. Mm. Always have. Uh, more so than just the Denzel look, the Denzel walk, because he's the type of actor that plays Denzel in a role. Yes. But he's yes. just got a, such a, uh, an amazing persona about him and a comfort to his acting ability that I really like. Um, I mean, there's just, there's just so many. Kirk Douglas, mm -hmm. I mean, who just passed away, I think it was this past year at, what, 103. But he was another one who I just think was uh, an amazing, gritty, uh, meaty type of actor. I mean, he, he, you could tell he felt his roles. Um, and that's, that's what I like. And just the same as I like those kind of roles, actors who can do that. Uh, but yeah, I could go through a list of more and more and more. I'd just be, um, uh, Christian Bell. I think, uh, I think, you know, he started out as a child actor, but his method, um, watching him on Ford versus Ferrari was just amazing. Yes. I think that was one of my favorite films that he's done. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, it just captured me and not, not a lot of things capture me these days. So there's a few names, and I would I would like to, uh, like I said, I wouldn't try to take anything from them, but to be at that level, yeah. Or for the ones living, the chance to work with them, like working with Frank Langella, mm -hmm. uh, I was just an amazing actor, and uh, so down to earth, 
and uh, interesting. It was we had a lot of fun on set between takes. Very nice man. Looking forward to that film coming out. That's the thing, isn't it, about acting? There are a lot of people have um, glorified, you know, the the image of the person um, that they're playing uh, on the many roles that they play, but they fall in love with an illusion. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then they put these people up on a pedestal, and when they discover they're actually human, <laughs> you know, and like everyone else, it seems to let them down. And it's kind of you know the Hollywood fever in in many ways, isn't it? And I think one of the things in this this last year with COVID and seeing so many people being interviewed by Zoom instead of in the studio, mm -hmm. hair, makeup, lights, you know, there they're in their own home, crazy mm -hmm. hair, casual clothes more right relaxed <laughs> right exactly you know we're getting i think more honest and authentic content because they're not having to live up to an illusion they can be more relaxed in who they are and um, and i think we're seeing so much more of well you know they're just like us they're just extremely successful and good at what they do mm -hmm. they're just like anybody who's successful in any business or any endeavor i uh i always get a kick uh you know, when I entered this, this field, this craft, and then how quickly it grew and being able to have the ability to meet all these wonderful actors, you know, having to meet Denzel Washington, but wasn't, didn't have lines with him on Magnificent mm -hmm. Seven. But, you know, people will say, well, did you get an autograph? Did you get a picture? Did you yeah. get this? And I said, no, why? You know, well, because it's so-and-so, it's so-and-so. And I said, and as my dad always said, these people all put their pants on two, one leg at a time. They're yep. no different than us. Nope. And, They've all got one heart. <laughs> yeah. You know, Ethan Hawke, wonderful family, a second mm -hmm. family, beautiful family, beautiful children. Visited with them. They're just people. Yes. You know? Yeah. Who are so, very yeah, good I, at the work. And I try to keep myself base a lot. I, I try to interact because I, I don't know if I'd ever want that kind of delusion. Mm -hmm. So, I, yeah. So, I, I don't mind the notoriety because notoriety keeps you busy yes yeah it gets work. you more jobs yes <laughs> um you know that's a big part of this business self-promotion hard yeah. for me to do but yeah. you gotta do yeah yeah uh that's taken a long taking me a long way but um but i try to interact with fans as much as i can i have an assistant who helps me out with a lot of social media but uh i mean there's some people uh, aside from you know friends that i know personally there's some people who have followed me since i first started on on bit rolls on longmire mm -hmm and uh the t-series longmire and stuff that are just so faithful and follow me and they start a little fan page for me mm -hmm. that i'll actually interact with them they have my personal number and if i'm driving or flying somewhere they'll check up on me or we'll have a little conversation um so you keep that kind of i try to keep some kind of common relationship with a lot of the fans than just becoming so unaccessible yes yeah. I mean, they are your followers. You know, I have I have this with my podcast network. People who always share a show, you know, mm -hmm. uh, either always comment or always there grabbing them the moment they come out. And, you know, it doesn't mean every show is their cup of tea, but, you know, they're you know, not groupies, <laughs> the, the people <laughs> that are truly interested in the content that goes out and yeah. want to support the content. And, and, you know, when you get known as a certain kind of niche actor which you know you always don't want to get stuck in a niche where that's the only type of role you get right because you always mm -hmm. want to be challenged but there are certain roles that you know that you're going to get casted in because that's um 
the persona of who you are. Uh, it's like, oh, he's in this now. Oh, he's in that now. Oh, I've got to see that. Oh, what's he doing next? And there's a certain amount of um, camaraderie with people who follow you and see where you're going. I, oh, I know him. They may not know you, but I know him. I follow him. <laughs> and it's a, it's a certain amount of, you know, like you admiring the Denzel Washingtons and everything else. It's that same type of feeling. And because sure. what you're bringing to them is intrigue, uh, personalities that maybe in their own lives they can't do. You know, we mm. would all like to step outside of ourselves sometimes and just play a different role. Right. And exactly. And that's what acting does. You know, you can take the angst side of you, the soft side of you, the intrigue side of you and just pour it into a role. And it's very satisfying because, you know, whatever was bothering you, Danny, can now go out in this role and get dealt with. <laughs> exactly. It's very therapeutic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be My sure. My mother was an actress and um, for her, it was the stage. She just loved the stage because she loved the interaction. And, you know, as I was watching the snow gently falling here right now, it kind of brought back to me, you know, in film, there is the lighting that has to be set up, the sound, the, the this, the that and everything. And it's a hurry up and wait. And then you've got to step into character. And just before action, there is that silence and like, then the snow starts to fall, right? <laughs> and that anticipation, because it is a hurry up and wait. It's not like on the stage, you've got an hour and a half, you're on full gear doing your performance. You, you could be on set for 12 hours and maybe you only go out and do one line, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, it's how do you kind of step into that character in that moment when you've had so much waiting time that could be distracting? If uh, <clears throat> it'll depend on the production, if it's a production that's not so remote, like a Western, you may be out in a remote area and not have your own place to escape. Um, if I have a, if I have a place to escape, I'll escape to that and just kind of keep in character a little bit. Um, and then when I'm, if I'm not, if I'm out and around everybody, and that's the only time I may not answer somebody if I'm staying in character and I happen to be around set or on my way to mm -hmm. the filming part of the set um, and I have to respond to somebody who, who finds interest to, to reach out for me something other than the craft I'll usually stay in character um, just to hold it and then when I get in front of the camera you know I put myself in another world so yeah. what I see on the set, I don't see, I don't even know, you know, you can have 75 background people around you. You know, the gaffers, the, the cinematographer, everybody, the DPs, and I don't see them because what I see is I envision the set, which may even look different than the set I'm sitting in, mm. in my mind. I put myself into that world so that the only person I'm really cognizant of is the actor that I'm running lines with. Mm -hmm. Everything else just evaporates the camera can move around everything else it, 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 i'm just in my world i'm in danny's world in that little bubble for that moment and that's the way i handle things like that and it seems to work out pretty well one movie uh, i think it's called the sunset express tommy lee jones and samuel jackson another two great actors i love <laughs> the best roles i think they've ever played and it was set up more in a stage like it's just around a room it's dialogue. It is phenomenal. Oh, I'll and have to you, look for that. You no, know, you have to look. It's, it's on Netflix, I think. 
and it's it's one of those things where you know Samuel L. Jackson how many movies has he's made and then there's always Samuel L. Jackson in it you know and Tommy mm -hmm. Lee Jones you know that the characters he plays they are totally different characters in this movie and it was such a delight to see just this whole movie being dialogue virtually no action but the action was in the dialogue in exactly and and the characters that they brought forth and the it's like Sam, Samuel L. Jackson there's there's no Samuel L. Jackson joke here you know and Tommy Lee and it's it was just superb and I can imagine as actors that are kind of known for certain type of roles and those are the roles that they keep getting to get given a role like this where they can really get their teeth into it, it is absolutely juicy I highly recommend it but oh I'll definitely look for it but that kind of role right where you can get lost in it and everything about you can come out in it uh, have you, know, you had one that, of those I yet think, you know the the dead man standing was like that and i actually was able to play two characters because it's a western it's set in a time and then it goes back retrospect and tells the story so i'm my character at the beginning is without an arm and his life was over he's lost people and stuff like that and then when it goes back in time i'm the gregarious dealer and it was great to do two roles but those were meaty kind of roles mm -hmm. and then there was things going on around me obviously um I have some coming that are very much like that. I've, I've, I've turned down a lot of work, which I'm, I'm happy to be able to do that. Um, going to the point of what you're speaking of, so much action. I'm sure, it'd be great to do a big action, you know, maybe a big studio action film, but I think you lose so much in action. Yeah. Films. I mean, if you break down an action film and actually look at the actor's dialogue mm -hmm. and their ability to build that character, it's so limited. Yeah, I know. And my love in this business is not the paycheck. You know, that's always nice, mind you, but that's not all. I, it's it's me wanting to get into that character's mind. Again, maybe it's the therapy needed yeah. for me or whatever, but I want something that I can get into. Yes. And I know so many starting out, I just want to tell them, don't take, you see what they're taking. It's like, mm. don't take every role that's offered you just because you want to be seen. Yeah. Be choosy. Wait for that role, small or big, but something where you can, build your character something that can be noticed and seen um and not just you know a, a, a glance going by or a character that doesn't stand out it, yeah. it's not going to get you anywhere and it's not going to flex your acting muscles no um, so i've got some very nice ones coming up that uh, i'm looking forward to we'll talk about those in a moment um <clears throat> the the thing about starting out yeah you got to get you know you got to get your <clears throat> your teeth into things, you've got to get known, but you don't want to do something that's going to come back and bite you, or that's going to stare, you know, stereotype you, or you know, is an embarrassment <laughs> down right. the road, right? Um, you know, how many actors go back when, and, you know, the talk show host shows them something they did in a commercial and it's like this, but you can laugh <laughs> because, you know, okay, but you don't want one of those roles where it's like, I shouldn't have done that. You know, <laughs> I definitely shouldn't have done that. And actually, case in point, Michael um, Caine, in one of his uh, uh, biography books, which is wonderful, he did Dress to Kill, where he was a psychiatrist that dressed mm -hmm. in drag. And he said that was purely to pay the mortgage. <laughs> he said there was nothing artistic about me in that book it was purely to play the mortgage you know? <laughs> and 
and you look at it, what kind of actor he is, because he's a fantastic actor. Oh, amazing. And, yeah. and that even he had to take some roles just to kind of pay the bills. And yep. it's like, go back, I go, no, just forget about that one. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always told people, it's, I think every actor has that one role they didn't mm. want to do. Yeah, you can go back and look at something in every actor's life and you can always yeah. find that one. Yeah. Or you, you'll even hear them maybe bring it up in a talk show or talk show may bring it up to them. Hey, remember this? It's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've all got those moments in our life, but, you know, with an actor, it's on camera. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and with the YouTube and social media. And it's going it's it, to live it, forever. It, it is. It is. <laughs> and it's going to be Snapchatted and made into something else, which, yeah, yeah. So it's there to haunt you, which is actually case in point when you're starting out, whether you're younger, middle aged or older, <clears throat> is... Um, remember don't lose yourself along the way always kind of keep your decorum your your ethics your authenticity you are there to play a role don't lose your own identity during that time and if you are extremely insecure you are going to lay yourself extremely vulnerable so mm -hmm. there's a certain amount of backbone you need to have in this because before you get any yeses for the role you're going to get a dozen no's exactly Exactly. I speak a lot about that in a lot of my columns on all the different subjects. You know, it's funny, we're talking about, uh, you know, doing a bad movie or something like that. I had a lot of that discussion in my column on demo reels. You know, I'd seen somebody post, it was the inspiration for my column on it, about he was doing these things just to get the reel and to get a credit and he wasn't getting real from anybody. And part of things was don't just go out there and get any kind of reel because it's not going to do you any justice or help you get a job if it's not worthy of, mm -hmm. you know, the, the surroundings of your acting, you're acting, you'd be, you're better off doing a monologue yeah. that you practice on than being surrounded by a bad production. Right. So, <laughs> oh boy, that yes. Just, <laughs> that just came to my mind because that was last week's column and uh, it kind of stuck out when you were going through that repertoire about it. But uh, Yeah, because people mind. aren't going to see people. your role, are they? They're just going to see the bad the bad exactly. production and uh, you know I mean you know what actor hasn't done a B movie you know you one no. doesn't get lucky enough to jump into the A movies um, you don't want the X-rated movie and, <laughs> you know and and uh, you know I mean there are, are some movies that have been extremely low budget and that have been absolutely you know Huge out successes, of yeah. huge successes and uh, but that is few and far between Right. Mm -hmm. So it started with a very good script. Right. So in presenting, because I know you, you, you coach actors on this as well, in presenting themselves, <laughs> so, you know, it is the luck of the draw. Everybody wants to get that agent, right, that uh, that's going to represent you. Um, I did a show just recently on uh, video resumes rather than the paper resume. Who's going mm -hmm. to read it? A video, short three minute video. They've, they've got your persona they can feel your vibe they hear what mm -hmm. you've got to say and all of that oh i'm interested in this person as to a flat piece of paper so that kind of video reel that you're going to send out there you want to show your diversity right so it's good mm -hmm. if you can come up and show different characters that you can play but again that thread of authenticity of who you are and uh, don't go over the top don't try and win a Academy Award from the real, right? <laughs> uh, keep it real, right? But but show yourself, you know, as diverse as you can be. Right. So your ability and your range. Yeah. 
Exactly. Paper resumes, so it's funny, they still are so needed because that's like a, a, a first glance that everybody does that in a headshot. Um, for me, when I submit to things, I usually just direct people to my electronic press kit, which is the homepage of my uh, website that has interviews, has reel of things I've done. Has a, it's a one-stop shop right. for everything. But you'd be surprised how many casting directors and productions don't even look at that stuff. They just want to see that headshot. Okay, you got the look. Okay, yeah, 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 you've done some good stuff. Your resume looks good. They just read off through that. I was speaking to somebody today who uh, called me up for a series, and uh, they're curious whether I can do an Irish accent or not, which I'm good. I can do a Sean Connery. I can do all kinds of stuff and do my own. But uh, so I'm going to give them a sample of that. But it's funny when I was talking to them, I was talking about another series that I actually submitted for, which is a World War II series. And since I had done Douglas MacArthur, um, for Idaten, I sent them, or that reel is, is mm -hmm. on the press kit page, and there I am as MacArthur, and this World War II series is going to be based around the Philippines and in mm -hmm. that area, which, where MacArthur was a general. And you'd be surprised they didn't look at any of that stuff. It so, all came down, it all came down so, to the new buzz cut. I took some new pictures Monday and posted them. And they and they liked this and I and I joked with them on the phone. I said, you know, in my email, I said, really take a serious look at the EPK because I I don't audition unless it's studio uh, series or or big studio films. I said I have no problem showing you the accent. I said, but you really need to see who you're, you know, interested in signing on here because and you need to read my emails because there's so much in there what I'll do and what I won't do. Right. But it's funny, it's that they all want that, and I won't do that. They, the headshot, the paper resume, headshot and paper resume. And I feel, you know, I like better what you're saying. Mm. You know, a video resume. Yes. You know, I think, that, I think that'd be much better. And you could, if you do it in a, a proper format, you can just send it on the email yeah. without having to Dropbox it or, or Google Drive or something like that. But then again, how many of them will open it? You know, because they just, you could put down there and say, here, here, here. There's so much of, a, of an inset to where it's headshot resume, headshot, which I just don't send in. The thing is, if, if they want a headshot resume, send them a collage of all the different characters you've played. And now yeah, it's and like, that, and you're, not, you're not stuck in just one. Oh, he could do this and he could do that and he well, could see, do this. And, that, and, yeah. and, that, and that's it, because I've, I've, there, there are so many, depending on who, there are so many productions that, uh, depending on who the casting director is, that don't look past that one look. Right, And that's why I like the EPK, because you can click on production stills, mm -hmm. which are still pictures of all my different characters and different roles I've done in movies and TV. And then you can click on the headshots, and then that's got headshots with different lengths of hair, mustache, mm -hmm. a Western, with all kinds of different things. It's like, that's why I say it's, that's the place to go. And that's what I'll direct them, direct them to. So just go here, everything's on there. And but, that uh, really does come back to the uh, competency of mm -hmm. casting. You know, you know that if they're going to just go where you look right, but they don't know whether you can act right for it, right? You know, that's them, you know, not doing their due diligence. And if I was a director exactly. or producer, I want to know, well, yeah, or very well, he looks the part, but can he act? You know? <laughs> exactly. And then it's a lot of times too, it's how your agent is going to sell you to the casting director. It's like the majority of my work, I actually procure myself. Mm-hmm. And I have a couple agents um, and I stay non-exclusive uh, to have that kind of freedom. Yeah. But it's so, you know, I, I tell people too, it's like, 
don't think people say, oh, you got you got all this work and this and that. Your agent's supposed to be fantastic. And I said, no, it's it's your due diligence as an actor. Yes. Yes. You can't wait around for an agent to sell you because nobody can sell you better than you can sell yourself. Plus, they're dealing with all these other actors. Mm -hmm. They're getting a breakdown that says, okay, somebody looks like this, this and this. And what they're focused on is somebody who looks like this, this and this. Yeah. And shoot it out the most recent headshot they have or who may be a favorite. And it's like, you need to go in yourself or that casting director, which is subjective on, in their own right. Um, that's in another column. Uh, you're getting the production tells the casting director, casting director tells the agent what the, the agents go into the talent. There's so many middlemen in there that things can lose translation along the way. And the, the main thing is, <clears throat> is to get that, you know, that um, audition. Right. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of people think that, you know, people who are already very, very big, that they still don't audition and they do. All right. You know, sometimes the script's given to them with them in mind because they know that they can play right. that role, but they still want them to audition against other people to see if there is complementary there, if there is a exactly. synergy there. So, you know, never think that you're too big to do the interview thing well they know my work it should be okay no each role is no. different the director wants to see you know is there a synergy between you there's going to be a love scene between you or you guys are going to be working together do you hate each other's guts we don't want the additional <laughs> acting you know because how many times now do we hear of somebody that they were best partners or they were love interest and they really hated each other <laughs> so the acting was so Acting, acting. <laughs> I interviewed recently, which I highly recommend uh, you take a listen to, is Lionel Friedberg. And I don't, you've heard of the um, Hollywood uh, Netflix story about um, uh, Scotty, the, you know, the around the garage uh, and all the um, escapades that went on and, and how many in Hollywood were straight and weren't straight, but the illusion had to be that they were perfect, you know? Right. And uh, uh, Lionel wrote the book for Scotty, who, who was the person on the forefront there. And he's a documentarist as well. And he's been in this business for a very, very long time and worked with a number of people. Um, so you you hearing the story from the person who was the cameraman, the, the director, the storyteller. And I think if you're going to do a role, it's always very important that you listen to the visioner, the, the director, the person behind it, because they have got a vision of what they want. You've got a vision of what your character is. You need to have a conversation to see if you're on the same page. Exactly. Exactly. That's their job. Yes, they're the they're the big picture. They're the one who, they're the ones who have the big picture in their mind. And sometimes what you do, maybe write what they want. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I've been lucky. Um, but otherwise, it might not be quite what they were looking for. And it's you know, it's like I teach people: redirection isn't a bad thing. No, redirection means you're 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 good. You're doing it. They just need to tweak you a little bit to see their vision. Right. Exactly. You know, because I, a lot of, especially a lot of uh, aspiring actors will get nervous from that. Oh my God, they redirected me. It's like, that's, don't worry about it. That's a compliment. You know, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, don't take it personally. Just, just, just make sure the only thing that's a bad thing is if you don't follow direction. Right, yes. <laughs> you know, that perhaps you can say, okay, uh, you want me to, could you just explain to me what your thinking is on this? 
because mm -hmm. I'm not getting it. And sometimes when they explain, they're thinking, you're right, let's cut it out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. I've had discussions with some, um, again, on Dead Man Standing, and, and the director was wonderful. And I love it when you can have that back and yeah. forth. You know, and I wouldn't talk to him in front of everybody on set, but maybe walking to set uh, for camera and stuff, I would talk to him, hey, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think if I approach the character this way? This is what I'm thinking of. And majority of the time he went with my way, even even adding, changing some lines and stuff. And then there were some times he says, no, because that moment I really want, I'm looking for this. Mm -hmm. And that's very important for the way I see the overall movie. And I was like, okay. But it's great when you can have that kind of dialogue back and forth and not a hard-headed actor um, or a hard-headed director but when you have that that ebb and flow yeah um, is a wonderful thing and I think I think most professional uh, productions most professional directors and actors I think you do have that I we think see, it's we see a lot of actors now becoming directors and oh, of course they're on the other side they've been on both sides so you know they have a, a totally different appreciation of what they're asking the actor and then you've yeah, got you've got some directors which they call the actor's director, don't they? Because the director is just so good at bringing the best out of the actor. Yeah, yeah, that's the wonderment of it. That's when it's that's when it's really really enjoyable, really comfortable. Is there any directing is a, something director? I'd like to foy into? Yeah, yeah, I think every actor kind of would love <clears throat> to that because then it's your vision, right? The mm -hmm. way you see the whole story. Is there any particular one director that you would absolutely love to act with? Uh, again, that goes back to a few. Um, Ron Howard, Clint Eastwood, mm -hmm. Tarantino mm -hmm. are some current ones. Uh, past would have been, which is way before my time and your time. I mean, John Ford would have been fantastic to be in a Ford movie. Just the expanse, mm -hmm. the, the large ask of every movie he did, I think it'd just be so amazing. But uh, yeah, current ones, those are, those are some of my favorites um, that uh, they would be fun. I actually had a chance to work with Ron Howard on a series he was doing um, overseas, but uh, I got the role. It was a bit part as a Russian Orthodox priest, but I did it so well. And when I did the, uh, this is a few years back, when I did the uh, slate for the audition, I did that with the, with the Russian accent as well. So they thought I was Russian. They thought I was somewhere in Europe. And they said, man, we need him tomorrow. Get him over here. And my <laughs> agent was like, oh, wait a minute. No, he's in the U.S. He said, well, we can't get him over here tomorrow. And for that role, why did he do everything in Russian? He says, he's a method actor. So he did Russian too. <laughs> And I was like, well, I was that close. Yeah, that close. <laughs> just come, you know, Scotty beam me up, right? <laughs> one day, one day. Do oh, you, was do you remember the, the movie um, Dustin Hoffman, Tootsie? Oh, yes. And, you know, he's a method actor and he's playing a tomato, but I've got to feel the tomato, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and there is, I mean, kind of the taking it too far, but that was a hilarious role. I loved that movie. Um, you know, because it was so, you know, completely, you know, Dustin Hoffman as a woman, you know, but he played it so well. And oh, amazing! Um, that, was, and that was, yeah, that I think did he win or nominated or something for a award? I think on so. Too, I, I think, think. I don't know if he won, but most certainly, I think he got the nod for it for sure. <laughs> and you know, it was just one of those movies that just had you absolutely in stitches. Um, and oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's brave to kind of play that. It's it's um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Junior. 
you know, playing oh, yes. a, a pregnant man, you know, <laughs> and, and I remember I was pregnant at the time and, and I was listening to him and the way he was talking. I thought, this man has had children, not him, but his wife. He, he knows what we go through. And I really felt <laughs> that there was a camaraderie there, but, you know, he wasn't demeaning me he was representing me you right. know all right so and uh, you know uh, arnold i'll be back tom later you know playing that so would you play and drag would you go into a role like that oh i think i would i would do i would do as long as it had a good script right you know there's a lot of scripts that that i go over that may have something in that but the the script itself is just it just wouldn't there was not a good script i would do any role with a good script everything everything comes back to the script for me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. really not, not i, I know everybody says that but i i mean yeah. really i i turned down stuff and it's just like just if only it was better i like the role mm -hmm. but the script just didn't have it yeah um <laughs> you know you said earlier about don't play roles that aren't going to represent you don't just take everything but it's getting into the business. You know, you've got to be willing to do a lot of stuff. But where do you draw the line? You know, is um, you know, for a lot of women, I won't do nudity. I won't do sex scenes. I'll do love scenes, but not sex scenes. And, you know, it's drawing the line there. And then there's, oh, but there's always somebody else who will do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like you, it may take you longer to get the grip. But in the end, your integrity and your authenticity will stand out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've always been, I've always been choosy, even in the beginning, again, in another column, you know, just don't try to get real just to get real. Mm. Use your headshot in a monologue. And, uh, you know, I got going just on headshots. Um, I, I won't take, wouldn't and won't take on, but I, the limit is I, would, I won't do nudity. Um, a tasteful sex scene mm -hmm. under covers. Right. I'll do waist up. Yeah. I might, uh, depending on the script, show my bum. <laughs> uh, but definitely no frontal. Um, I've often wondered <clears throat> about brutality or sexual brutality or something. There, there, there would be a limit of how far I would go in something like that mm -hmm. um, on a script. Um, especially, you know, across genders, a male to a female uh, abuse, uh, I would be, I'd be limited on how much, because I don't know if that's something that I even want to bring myself. Right. Yeah. To that. I know I can. And then, but I don't know if I want to bring myself to that. And I, I, I don't know if I want to promote something like that, because even though no matter what the movie may, the subject matter may be on that subject or what the story they're trying to get to, even if it has a, a positive outcome or a positive tell to it, you're still promoting that kind of mm. physical abuse yeah. that can be seen and either shunned or desired. And so that's something in my mind and my six other personalities that, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, that, that I'd probably have a limit. There'd be, because I'm looking at one where there's just a little bit and I mean, very minute. It's more verbal, short, no big, heavy uh, physical abuse. But uh, that's about where I draw the line on that. I, I don't think I could go into, into real heavy depths of that. Same as, like, you know, I love horror film, mm. but I like more psychological. Yeah. I don't, you know, it, it's almost back to that 
thing of uh, action movies. You know, your dialogue takes less precedence to the guts and the gore. If it's psychological, then hey, man, I can I can I can pull something out of me that's real that'll really creep you out. Right. But to just pull a knife and wield it and have blood everywhere, it's yeah. just so I, I have a little movies. limit. Yeah, yeah, I have a little limit of what I'll do with those. And hey, it's a popular genre. You know, yeah. that could probably give myself a career boost. But yeah. will I be happy with it? Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Or be happy being seen in it. And this is like, well, it's like McConaughey. I know he always regretted doing Chainsaw Massacre. Right. You know, I thought his yeah. character was great in it. I looked, I, I hadn't watched it. And then I looked at it a couple months ago. And I thought, you know, you know B-movie, cults, you know, yeah. genre, great following of people who like all that slasher gasher. But if you separate him from the rest of that script, his acting for that character is really good. It's such a, it's such a startup time of his career right and you know, you know he did um, true detective mm -hmm. the series which is you know it's very dark the subject's very dark but <clears throat> it is on the cynicism it's on the psychological mind behind it and it's not dwelling on the act of it mm -hmm. our imaginations you know we can see that we don't need to see the act you well, know and don't and don't you find and don't you agree that if you look past through some of the most successful type of horror films, whether it's the Hitchcock type, but it's psychological ones because our imagination can do much worse than what you're having to see on film. Yeah. Your mind can be scarier. Oh yeah. Than what they're doing. And that's, yes. that's what I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that's what I like about the psychological. Film. Yes. It leaves it up to us and man yes. for each person that can go anywhere. I'm, I'm a, a thriller or psychological thriller or whodunit type person. I love it. You know, and there was the um, Denzel Washington's uh, The Bone Collector. Yes. And, you know, again, it was it was sinister. It was this, it was that. And, but at the same time, it was the psychological thing of trying to get into the person's mind. You know, why is he doing this? Trying to be one step ahead of him. I love that intrigue. Yes. It really gets yes. into you. I, I don't want to see bang, bang, slash, slap, 10, 100, you know. What was that um, movie where they, they made fun of that? Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, Charlie Sheen was in it and they made fun of it and you've got them shooting at each other, uh, just laying out the bullets and no bullets hitting either one of them. They, they made fun of out of all of these movies. I oh, can't remember the was, name I think of it. Like Hot Shots was it? Was yeah, it yeah. yeah, 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 something like that, um, uh, which was really hilarious <laughs> because a lot of these movies, you know, all these people they seem to shoot, body counts going everywhere, yeah. right? You know, and it, it's like, uh, have you run out of people yet? <laughs> or run um, out of bullets, a gun, yeah. like a, a six-shot six revolver that goes for 12 shots. I mean, the person who does that type of thing well <laughs> is Tarantino, Kill Bill. I sure. mean, Kill Bill is a bloody movie from yeah. start to finish. But it's rather like the Kung Fu movies. There's an artistry to it. And even though yes. there's a blood going this way, and I don't know if you saw Sin City, you know, black and white, but the that red was the blood, you know. Again, they're, they're dark <clears throat> movies, but there is an artistry to it that is absolutely, uh, you know, enthralling, even though it is bloody. And I mean, yeah, now, see, everywhere. I can do I can I can do a Tarantino type of movie like that, because as you said, there is an artistry. Yeah. And then I, I was just watching uh, something about him the other week. Going from his start and how little money he had. Mm. He had like 20000 from an appearance he did on Golden Girls or something as a background. 
and uh, took that into his first film, what, Reservoir Dogs, I believe. But to watch and all these actors that have worked with him, and he, mm-hmm. he's one of those that likes his core group of actors that he brings back to other movies. But I mean, there is C is so intense on those scenes and making sure they come out right. And yeah. no CGI, all that blood right. effects and squibs. I mean, to, to choreograph those scenes, yeah, you know, without doing it digitally is, is hugely, amazingly artistic. Yeah. And it takes a creative mind that, man, I couldn't fathom. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is... Um... Gosh, another movie which I can't, you know, not thinking of, but it, it's a, it's, it's a Chinese movie. Uh, it's Kung Fu Hustle, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it Hustle? No, Kung Fu something. Anyway, it's, it's again artistry, you know, like these people were playing these strings and then these strings come out right for you. But it is all Kung Fu, but all of the Kung Fu is done in an artistic way of almost like a dance. And it is true. Yeah, someone told me about that thing. movie. That's one I have to see. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, is taking an art of something <clears throat> and artistifying it in a way that allows a different expression. We've all seen the boom, boom, boom. You know, they're right. on every channel every day. But to see something that has some intrigue, some psychological or some artistry to it, just grabs us in a different way, keeps us more engaged and makes us hungry to want more. Absolutely. So I imagine acting in those type of movies is, is you know, the, the caviar. Yeah. <laughs> is Tarantino one of the actors that you really like to work with? One of the directors, yes. One of the directors, yes, sorry. Now, he's the, he said he's, he's not going to film anymore. He's going to start writing books. But I'm sure he'll have to spit something else out. Oh, I think somebody like him wouldn't be able to stay away. Right. He might take that, a break. That's exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah no, it's his that's own, the way I see it. He yeah, his be own creativity <laughs> will, will just like, oh, I've got to do it. It's bursting. <laughs> I've got to do it. You know? And that's well, He's going to go through that book writing period. Yeah. And then after that book writing period, he's going to have to take those books and make movies out of them. Well, the thing about somebody who is such an artistic director, when he writes the book, he's going to write it from a cinematic point of view. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, that it's going to be written in a way of, of the visual. So, exactly. yeah. So, you know, that's what's, um, what's very, very intriguing with him. You know, Stephen King, do you like his stuff? I do. Stephen King is another, another, uh, a great writer and, and, and one that, you know, you, some people can look at his movies and, and maybe think they're, I don't know, I've, I've heard people who don't like it, people who do like it. I like it. It gets into the mind. Mm-hmm. I think a good Stephen King role would be fun. Um, you know, like The Shining. Yes. Some of his, some of his more psychological ones. Oh, yeah. But I mean, all of, them, all of his are. I mean, the thing, the, the, what was the one with the clown? What's the name of that one? That ended up being something. But that, again, is, so a lot of his, there's hidden psychology that I think a lot of people may even miss. Yes. If they haven't seen somebody deconstruct the movie. Right. Um, but I've always noticed in his films, and yeah, he would be, it'd be, it'd be fun to work on a Stephen King film. Yes. I am greatly as writer. Yeah, he's got the new Strand coming out, which um, yep. his book, I remember reading it in South Africa before I came to Canada and being intrigued with it. And then they did a series of it. And now. Again. Yeah, I think uh, Whoopi Goldberg's on. Yes, that. yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I love Whoopi. I mean, she's oh, another yeah. one. You know, she could be the stand-up comedian. She can do something serious, you know. And she's she's another one. You always know it's Whoopi, but you don't know which Whoopi you're going to get. Right. Right? <laughs> so true. Yeah. Um, and, you know. Kind of like Robin Williams. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, Robin. Oh, I mean, uh, one uh, centennial man. 
I just love oh. him in that. You know, it's and uh, and numerous other movies that he's done. I mean, this man bought two hundred percent to everything he did. Oh, he was off the hook. I remember when he first um, was starting out. I had compared him. You know, again, being the younger in the family. You know, Jonathan Winter's show. I remember being a kid in the family watching that and repeats of it. And I said, this guy is like another Jonathan Winters, that he's just off the hook personality with yes. nothing scripted. No. His mind, you know, and they said that, you know, Winters had to go into for help there for a while. Because <laughs> they say when you're that genius, that you're on the borderline of insanity. Well, in, I mean, in, he, he suffered know? from depression. Exactly. And, and so many do that <laughs> are the comedians, right? That, that are, mm -hmm. are the creators, because the creativity world, you know, the reality world doesn't match the creativity world when it becomes right. depressing so it is that pendulum swing yeah. that i think is too extreme but we as the audience or get people get the honor to to work with him or work with such people like that it is absolutely <clears throat> you know a nectar you know right. just to absorb but you can imagine at the end of his day you know it's to see you like to be more of a retreat rather than it's a tinsel town, you know, for, for a person right. like that, it's back in the cave you right. know, to, to rejuvenate. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard for the, it's hard when you're at that stage to stay grounded or, or to stay grounded in yourself and your own reality, I think. Mm -hmm. Remembering sure. lines, you know, my mother was a stage actor. I used to be all the other roles when she was learning her lines <clears throat> and, you know, right from a kid. I would do this. And when she was asked to go into radio, I had to go into the booth with her and mime the reaction because she needed an audience. She didn't like not having <laughs> one. Uh, but, you know, I never said, oh, follow your mom's footsteps. You know, you've got that acting ability. My problem was I couldn't remember lines. I'm a, you know, uh, as it comes out. Right. <laughs> there is um, a technique to learning lines, isn't it? What, what, how do you learn those lines, especially if you have a lot of dialogue? Mine is a, <clears throat> excuse me, um, mine's rather different. It's odd because, again, and this probably goes back to, I mean, everything derives from my shyness and, mm -hmm. and stuff growing up. But, and like I say on set where I see that I'm in my bubble and I see that picture around me, it's not quite, it's not the camera, it's not, it may not be the scene that we're set in. When I'm memorizing lines, I picture myself, everything is good. I have but semi, I call it semi-photographic memory. I don't remember everything. If I want to discard it and block it, I backfile it. It'll be gone unless I have to bring it up sometime. Mm. But memorizing lines is like that for me. So when I'm doing an audition, my readers here, we probably, and I won't even look at the, the lines or the script or the sides until she arrives here. <clears throat> and then we'll just run through it rather quickly, not in character. Um, and with probably 10 or 15 minutes, even with maybe four or five pages, um, go and start taping but the way i do it is like well frank langella says repetition 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 mm -hmm. which is true um but for me more so the memorization is part repetition and a large part is i build that scene around yes so when i'm memorized when i'm reading the lines i'm yeah. seeing the scene i'm seeing myself in it i'm seeing the picture of the movie playing so it becomes a videotape in my mind and in some weird way that helps me memorize yeah yeah, I mean, it's, I think, kind of a lot like my mom is, is, you know, didn't, when she was on the stage and everything <clears> was set, you know, then everything fell into place for her. Mm -hmm. But the learning the lines in a, in a you know, in, in an environment that wasn't matching the role, 
was harder for her to do. So yeah, yeah so I, pre- I picture myself yeah. being there. Yeah, and becoming, I mean, I can, becoming the I person, can, right? I, oh, exactly. And I've even done it without a reader, which they say, especially for starting out, um, the big no-no. Well, anything someone says is a no-no. I don't. I don't. I never go with the grade. Mm-hmm. So it's like for an audition. Um, I actually recorded myself being the reader. So timing has to be impeccable. So you have to have a blank spot on your recording where you're doing your lines and then say the line of your reader and then a blank spot of how long you think it's going to take to say your lines and that you can memorize real fast with that and go and then do the playback and go in between. Where was I going off on a tangent of this for? Memorization lines. No, I forgot where I was going with that. It's about timing. It's about looking like you are actually oh, interacting. It was again developing that scene in my mind. Yeah. So that even though my voice is recorded, okay, I can get into character like I'm passionate in that moment to this invisible figure that's not there because I'm picturing the scene. I'm picturing somebody there. Right. And I'm picturing, even though it's my voice, what I'm seeing in my mind, truly really seeing is the person of that part standing there, that character talking back to me, not my voice to be able to get that impassioned look or the expression and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Again, it's all going back the same way I memorize Alliance, that visualizing that whole set around you, even though it's the studio here right. where I'm taping. And that, that's, that, that's a big part of my memorization. Do you do um, any, uh, you know, mirror talk where you're talking into the mirror to see what your character's face is looking like oh, when you're doing oh, it? Yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. I always, it's like. Because that's the instant feedback, isn't it? No, yeah. it, it, yeah. oh, and, and you're, especially for somebody like me, I'm my toughest critic. Right. You know, um, so it's better than anybody else who likes me watching me because they're most of the time going to be agreeable, even if it's a bad, bad run. But uh, no, I do that all the time. Yeah, it, when, I, when I get a role, I'll do that beforehand. Um, I'll even do that even looking over a script that I like. I might visual, uh, go in the mirror, front of the mirror, how would I do it this way or that way and mm. see if I like how it comes out. But I, I, that, you know, that's something else I teach when people, so many actors are saying, well, you know, we're not doing anything during COVID. There's nothing we can do. And I think it was- You can uh, refine. <laughs> yep. We, we had a Zoom meeting and, and uh, it was for 30 Seconds in Hell that was supposed to film last year and that'll be filming here in May. Um, but it was before COVID happened. We had a Zoom meeting and the director was asking all the characters certain questions. And uh, actually COVID had started because they asked, what are you doing this time? And I had said, well, I said, you don't have to sit and do nothing. I said, you have a mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, people were afraid to even bring in a reader or do anything. So I said, look in the mirror. I said, and pull out one. I always joke about the six personalities. I always say I mm-hmm. have six personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, or talk with your six personalities. You know, yes. I spent a lot of time talking to myself in different characters, mm-hmm. you know, or talking to Sean Connery. Cause I, like I said earlier, I do a great Sean Connery. So I'll play around and talk back and forth with Sean Connery. But that, that all that builds your acting. Yes. You know, there's, there should never be a sit down moment where you can't be developing your craft. Right. Uh, unless you're in the hospital, you know, there's those things. But I mean, I mean, even in the hospital, you're in a well, hospital you scene. Yeah, if I you're mean, coherent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As long as you're not comatose, you know, it can be, all right, now I can play an authentic role in hospital as a patient. There you <laughs> I mean, go. I mean, that's it. Nothing is wasted, is it? Because every experience you have, at some point, you can bring into a role. Exactly. 
Exactly. I, Everybody I talked to, I remember meeting this one guy when I first started out. I was in a pub having a beer, and his, he was just so interesting. He was new to the area, and he'd come from, you know, I think it was Chicago, and he had that accent. And his mannerisms were just something I looked at him. I said, man, I'm just going to sit and talk to you for a while. I said, because I think you would be a great city police chief. So mm-hmm. I'm going to send you just keep doing what you're doing. And if you see me mimicking you a little bit, yeah. the way you hold a drink or the way you work your hands, I'm not doing it to be funny. Right. I'm actually just trying to pick I'm up for a future you. role. Yeah. 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 Something I can grasp onto later. Even if I forget where it came from, it's going to be stuck in here. Yes. And, but, that, and, but that is the thing of acting, isn't it? It isn't. <clears throat> You're not just bringing, you know, Danny into the role. You're bringing Danny's multiple personas in different situations, uh, um, dealing with a different scenario. And how would these particular personalities do it? You know, exactly. So it's it's um, yeah, you always keep the core of you there because that's your center. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's all those other personalities of how would they react in this situation? Um, and who would they be in dealing with this? And I mean, it can be exciting to go into these different roles. Oh, yeah. Be these different people. I mean, you know, some I, people call it schizophrenia, so but you know, <laughs> we call it acting. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been fortunate that I haven't been typecast, and that enables me to do so many different things. Yeah. Like yeah. You know, not, and, and being typecast, I know that some actors say, oh, I don't want to be being typecast. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're typecast as a cop, you know, there's a lot of roles out there for cops yes. and police chiefs. And all yes. But being in my position to be able to have the, not be stereotyped, it's, just, it's fun because every role is different. And I, I, I worry just because of me, the way I am as an actor with my six personalities, <laughs> I don't personally, I don't want to be stereotyped. Right. So I keep I keep watching myself so far. I haven't had to like turn down things so I don't get stereotyped. Right. But uh, I keep watching myself saying, God, I hope that day doesn't happen. I hope that day Do you like happen. the it's space like a... genre? I'm a space, space junkie. I love space stuff. Oh, then you're going to love the movie that we're going to be filming in Australia. Oh, what is it? Yes. Um, it's called The Enemy is Coming. It's an Australian group down there in Sydney. Uh, it's going to be filmed on Fox Studio and on a location. And it's a futuristic. I will be, I'm one of the leads playing a general old war horse and uh, it's a struggle in the future where the you know you could i think there's a lot of hidden messages in it that compared to this day but you know this one major company has used up resources and they're they go to planets use up resources and uh i start off as a general who works for the company because the company has ended up the private corporations like you see on many things has yeah. owned everything a lot of futuristic films and you can see a lot of that happening to this day and that's yes. some of the comparisons um so they're going to planets and they're kind of playing some tomfoolery to get the resources and trying to fight with this alien race making it seem like they're the enemy when they're not right um and me as a general i don't want to go into too much i end up being a, a better guy than the movie starts out but that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, a kind of a little avatarish. Um, yeah. The guy that played the baddie in in that, um, you know, he he just had such a wonderful expression for the role. I mean, he was almost kind of the wild cowboy in you know in space type thing, and he brought right. that persona, and that's kind of what made him so villainous. And that you want to uh, like the baddie. 
don't you? You know, there's something about. Well, you know, I, I think that's a that's a you're just having to hit on the wavelength of everything that goes through my mind all the time. Because I like even if I if I play like in this one, he's not a nice character, and I have I have a great approach for him. But I believe in every bad character, mm-hmm. just like Hannibal Lecter. There's you want to have something in him. Yes, that you that, admire that endears you, that brings yeah. you in. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the way. That's the best way to do a bad character. Yes, you don't you want know? them so. And hated. to be able to do that yeah. is just fantastic. Yeah. No, I mean, I can imagine that's really a juicy role. But no, I love <clears throat> space stuff. I love everything out of this world. I have perpetually a movie going on in my head. You know, it's just the way I am. You know, everything I do is is kind of visual auditory and setting the stage. You know, it's just the way my vision works. Um, and I think that's actually what makes life interesting. You know, I like taking, I may have seen a movie that I've seen and then I kind of replay it in a different script, you know, sure. a different setting, you know, I'm uh, a different person. And it's also, as, as the spectator, we kind of want to see something of ourselves in the characters, good or bad. You know, we want to mm-hmm. identify, oh, that could be me. Oh, I could do that, you know. And um, we know we couldn't, but there is that fantasy at some right. point that we attach to. And we believe we can, right? So yeah, to make that connection, yes, <clears throat> I think that's a big thing for an actor is to make that connection, even as a bad person. Yeah, um, to just do a bad person and just be bad to an extreme. I think that's easy for any actor to semi. I don't want to say easy, but they, to have a like really handily can do, but to yeah. but to get yeah. to that and make it endearing in some way yes to some of the audience yeah yeah there's there's a tv show on right now called the big sky and there's a a state trooper that has been trafficking women and he's got caught and he got shot in the head he didn't die but it's erased his memory of everything he's done he just remembers being the state trooper and the whole character now from being the villainous face is into kind of like I'm just a state trooper, you know, kind of going into totally, you know, like, what are you talking about? And going into this different persona. And I just can imagine as an actor, you know, having that wonderful diversity in one role, you know, where yeah. you could be so many different things, you know, really exciting. Well, it's kind of like, again, to the dead man standing role where I could do the sad downtrodden part of him and then the gregarious part. And it's funny in the first three days that I was filming, I would see Thomas Howell as that. It was three days as the uh, where I didn't have the arm and you know, mm. no life, really shallow, scared of his own, scared of his own shadow kind of person. Um, and then when I went back on set, hair was trimmed. I'm in a dealer outfit and my walk and everything. As I said, I usually stay in character a little bit on set too when I'm walking around. So people were used to seeing me, you know, kind of sluffling around. Some people actually thought I was armless. Um, <laughs> But then all of a sudden, when I came back, you know, and background people and, and other people didn't recognize me. They didn't know who I was. And that was kind of funny. And I had to say, you know, who I am They're like, no, we haven't seen you before. That's why we we're asking you what you're doing here. I said, I'm Danny Wynn. It's like they couldn't recognize me because not just the, the costume, but because yes. my whole persona, persona yeah. had changed. Yeah. Now I was the happy gregarious. Right. There was a pep in my step. I'm walking around. I'm saying hi to everybody. I'm being social because that's the way happy Jim was. Right. You know, and it, it threw, it threw a lot of people and that was fun, but to be in that duality, I mean, that was just as one yeah. of my, that was Juicy. my second feature film. Uh, my first was, a, was a lead and this was a strong supporting and dead man standing Lionsgate picked it up and uh, went a long way to have that, uh, to be fortunate to be cast in that. Mm-hmm. So early in my career was uh, was fun. And, and, I, and as I said, a great role. It wasn't even the role that I wanted. 
But uh, when it was explained further and I read the script, then it was, wow, this is, this is an important character. And aside from being in the movie, it opens with me and closes with me. Nice. And you see me all the way through. So, yeah. Yeah. I always say everything happens for a reason, especially in this business. Well, the thing uh, is, never is feel, never feel discouraged to think that a role has closed. Because right. Because the closed or you think you've lost something. There's, it happens for a reason. Yes. There's yes. always something better. Yeah. Yeah. Always a window opening somewhere. And the thing is, is you see actors that, you know, they're famous and they've, they have this run or they've got these movies and then suddenly... You know, like the the movie um, something in mm. Hollywood with uh, Brad Pitt and oh uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, that you was know, a Tarantino it, film. Right, exactly. Kind of showing how you can be hot stuff one moment and then you're out of flavor, yeah. right? And you're just wished to, to <clears throat> has been to be a working actor, continual working actor, and you see them. You know, where, where did I see him from? And you look it up on Google and you go, oh, God, they've done stacks of roles. That's the reason I recognize <laughs> them. And there may be only small roles here and there. But I think to be a working actor where you can sustain yourself and you're constantly you've got work up ahead of you is really, really uh, incredible for a start. But also, I think, is more favorable in many, yeah. many ways, because you are going to be continuing a working actor instead of like, you know, famous for three seasons, the TV show gets canceled and now what? <laughs> yeah, and then that's unfortunate too, especially if, you're, <clears throat> if it's a particular role in a TV series that you get two stereotypes from. Yeah, yeah. And then hard to cast you. Uh, and then all you need is, you know, one person to come up with, and he did this or she did that. And then, you know, that, that stigma on you, and, you know. And so there's a certain amount of under the radar being a working actor. But I also think there's more diversity yeah. of roles that you can play. So, you know, if somebody's getting into the trade, whatever the age, don't look for the limelight. You know, my, my name in, you know, in, in lights there, because that could be a fleeting moment. There's very few that sustain that. Um, look to be the working actor, and then you will continually have work, and you'll continually be up there. Yep. Take it step by step, and be very choosy on the steps you take. Right. Well, it's interesting. Christopher Plummer has just died, and you know, I love oh, him. so and, unfortunate. Yeah. Oh. I mean, and also the way he died. I mean, he fell and hit his head. You know, and mm -hmm. which is, you know, we forget he was ninety-one, and it's an elderly accident to happen. But, you know, right up until this last year, he was in departure, and yeah. and, and for him, it's like acting all the time. If it's not the stage, it's something else for him. It was what kept him going, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he said that when he did The Sound of Music, he thought it was a, you know, a, a soppy type movie. And and uh, and he, yet it it brought him to the forefront and changed oh, yeah. his life completely. So we, we could, you could do a role and you go, you know, it, it's okay. You know, I don't know where it's going. And then suddenly it catches on. Yep. And then that is the movie that um, propels you forward. Yep, it's interesting how that turns out. Look at how many actors have turned down roles because they didn't think it'd be a success, and it turned out to be a huge <laughs> hit and made a person. Yes. Start them, you know. Well, the Hannibal Lecter, the Hannibal Lecter, they were looking at. Um, oh gosh, who were they looking at? Somebody else completely, but for both of those roles. And you know, look at it. It's thirty years old now, and they just started a new series. Yeah, it's hard to believe. And it's like, you know, how many references have we had to Hannibal Lecter in the 30 years? Right. And I think one of the best um, Oscars was, was it um, Crystal, Billy Crystal? Was it him? 
no, or somebody else coming out of Hannibal Lecter wheeled him out. Just oh, the opening, see. which was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. And it's still talked about across the ages. And that's kind of really where you would love to be in a movie that's still talked about or a TV series oh, absolutely. still talked about. Absolutely. It'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> you do mostly movies. I, I lean to that. Um, I auditioned for, a, uh, funny enough, CBS Comedy was almost picked up with that a few years back when I was uh, a little bit more younger in my career. But I seem to lean more to movies because I think in movies and feature films, I think you have more depth of character. Mm -hmm. a series, it's kind of, depending on what the show is still, it's kind of hard to really get this, this meaty depth. I mean, some series can do it. Um, can pull it off some can't so it would depend on the script if I would ever do a series but I, I like to lean towards film mm -hmm. and the freedom of film um, you know not being stuck into that month and a half of weekly routine that same person um, all the time and the and being stereotyped concerns me right um, unless it's something well written like Endeavor you know, right. that's, you know, really, again, somebody who it's the psychological approach, you know, the, the cop, you know, highly intelligent, what are you doing being a cop using my intelligence? You right. know, it's the Sherlock Holmes type thing approach to it and, and uh, Benedict in the Sherlock Holmes series. And right. uh, Marathi in that was the most delicious villain. He was just See, something like that fantastic. would be fine, but to get cast in some type of you know, a series like even CSI or something like yeah. that. To me, that's just too blandy, milk toast. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. It's not but, realistic at all. I mean, in one yeah. hour they solve all the murders. Yes, you know, when yeah. we know that doesn't happen, and me, all the equipment, me, with, and you know, with my personality, I, I just think that would become very stifling to me yeah. quickly. Yes, I wouldn't be getting that release that I enjoy by playing different things, I, because I'm playing that one person over and over. And also one and, line. And I, I think I might lose my acting ability. Yeah. I think would be dulled a little bit uh, by doing that so repetitiously. It becomes yeah. too easy. If you can have a role where there is the dialogue, you know, the um, and and there's always the deducing or you know, there's something that you can get your your teeth into, and then that's fine because each week you've got a different dialogue and a different situation, and right. so therefore a thing. But a lot of those other shows are kind of one-liners, yeah, right. And it, it's it's the the setting that is, uh, you know, the the show, not the dialogue. You know, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. I I like something that has me intriguing and working things out, and uh, exactly. yeah. And I've got a run right now of of the Prime Suspect by Helen Mirren. You know, oh, I, God, what a wonderful I, I love her and you know, I love her and everything. I love Judy Dench. You know, she's one of the greats as well. And um, but, you know, Helen Mirren in The Prime Suspect, you know, a woman sergeant, you know, and of course, being a woman in the 90s in that business and the whole approach and her own screwed up life. And, you know, and it's you're juggling all the different personalities there. Vera is another one you know, where yeah. she kind of does it. And it, it keeps you engaged because yeah. you're wondering where it's going to go, right? Yeah. And that's what you want. Whenever you watch something, it's like, oh, is it that person? Oh, no, it's not. Is it that person? No, is that, <laughs> where are they going? And that you want, you know, the hour, hour and a half or two hours, whatever it is, at the end of it, oh, I was, you know, thoroughly 
pleased with that. And that's how we want to be, right? So if you can be an actor that can deliver that, whether it's weekly movie or series or whatever the case is, you know, that's the juiciness, isn't it? Being have somebody still talk about it around the water cooler or as we do now talking about it from the Zoom calls. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to do this movie in May in Australia? Yeah, it was supposed to be March, but obviously got delayed because of COVID. Right. So now we're looking at May 11th and I'll be there for about 30 days. It is, as I said, it's the lead character. And then I may take off some time and go to Fiji. Yes. Since it's on the way. But uh, yeah, that space movie, that's, that's an intriguing one. It's a good script. Mm-hmm. I'd be very choosy with space movies and, and futuristic space, but uh, I, like, uh, I like the uh, storyline. It's, it's got a good conflict to it. It's got some good characters. I uh, talked to my friend, my acting friend, who after becoming who I am, I'm able to talk to some mm-hmm. other nice actors who will actually respond to me. So I got Jamie Bernadette uh, cast on that one with me. And she's actually... Uh, my nemesis for part of the movie mm-hmm. and I hers. So that's going to be a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And then uh, a Western early May uh, here in New Mexico, close to home. That'll be easy. Uh, the bleeding edge. We haven't decided on location yet. That'll be towards the end of the year. Tree secrets, which is a wonderful one. Ooh, uh, what's that about? Uh, well, it's a, a writer, Maria Harrison. Uh, she's written several books. One's been published. She's working on the others. But it's a great family story. It's a fantasy adventure. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's about family, family bonds. It's kind of magical. Um, alternate uh, universe kind of thing where you bounce from this realm mm-hmm. to the fantasy mm-hmm. realm. Oh, totally. And this, fa- this, this family with special gifts and stuff, they have the ability to do that. And the kids don't know it yet. So they kind of find their way through it through this adventure. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, just a, it's a really neat film. And it's been real easy for me to bring uh, other actors onto that name. And I've been, they actually asked me after casting me for that lead, um, they asked me to executive produce it because the, the group kind of saw that I get things done. Mm-hmm. You know, I make things move. And it'll be my first foray into, foray into, into executive production. Again, it's not the money end, but, you know, putting everything together and the casting. And I, I'm enjoying it because it, it's such a wonderful story. It's so close to Maria's heart that I want to keep the trueness of the story. Right. Like Warner Brothers was looking at picking it up, but they wanted to turn it into a love story. Right. And it was totally taken off the point of the family basis. And there's a lot of other undertones to it that I don't want to give away. But so this enables me to keep it true to its course. Uh, to enable enables me to get a uh, cast who really fits and everybody um, I like to listen to intuition it seemed to does me does me right in my life and I've just really come in some good uh, good opportunities with some great people cast working on seal award right now uh, for one of the characters that's all kind of slowed a little bit because of COVID she's staying home but I think when things loosen up we can probably get her on that and, and of course, uh, have Richard kids. Ryle on there from Free mm-hmm. Willy and some wonderful theater actor as well as mm-hmm. uh, movie actor. Um, and, a, and a bunch of other nice, Jamie Bernadette, I got on that one as well. Quinn Lord from uh, Man in the High Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like an up and coming star. I worked with him on Dead Man Standing as well. And just have a really wonderful, but it's just a great story. 
Yeah, I'm and it's not just like all family good good. I mean, right, right. Bad, but it's just it's it's just a it's a good story. It's not full of blood and guts. It's not right. full of yeah. There's conflict in there with good and evil and stuff, but it's just a great story. I would love to see like uh, Disney pick it up, whatever. I may talk to Hallmark when I'm doing that interview. I don't know. Right. There's a planned interview with Hallmark, Home and Family, but uh, we'll be doing that. We were shooting for spring, but again because. Some actor, especially one in Canada, they're a little bit afraid of traveling during the time. We can't travel right now. Borders yeah, are closed. Exactly. That's the same yeah. thing with by Australia. Yeah. You know, well, we can't do that right now. So um, I'm, I've moved that. It has to be because it's all, a lot of outdoor beauty and lushness. So it's got to be either spring or pre-fall. And I don't want to do it during summer when kids are all out of school and doing everything and families are doing stuff. So right. it looks like we're going to be doing that August. Yeah. And actually kids, I mean, you know, when you see roles of kids like this, I mean, kids are phenomenal actors. I mean, you see oh, yeah. some of them and it's just like, you know, born to do it and just, you because know, they just... don't overthink. See? Right. No, they just Adults go. Overthink. Yeah. Oh, I'm God. still such a child. I don't overthink. There you go. There's, <laughs> there's some benefits to being Peter Pan. <laughs> it's like my dad before he passed away. It was around that time, and, and I just got into all this. He, I remember him looking at me. He says, you're going to give up a, a construction business and everything to do this. And I said, yeah, I don't get it, but all right. And then uh, he, about a week later, I brought dinner to my parents' house. Um, I'd had them built a house near me as I got older. So mm -hmm. when things happen like they did with him passing, I could look out for the others, mm -hmm. which is what I spend a lot of time doing now with my mom. Um, but uh, he says, I get it now. About a week later after dinner, he says, I get it now. Mm -hmm. He says, you're getting highly paid to be a child again. I said, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we all play act as children. Just don't forget the play acting. Don't yes. overthink it. Don't yes. make it difficult. Let it come out of you. Dream. Mm -hmm. And that's why I like, that's why I named the production studio, Dare to Dream. Dream. Yeah. dream. Yes. There's a, 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 a weird, wonderful movie I just watched I don't know if it was HBO or what but it's called Wendy and it's a, a modern version of Wendy I think it's maybe even filmed in Australia and yeah and it's really pretty well all kids and uh, you know where they are and as they get old it's much darker much darker than you know Hawk and Wendy's and all of that but a totally different view of it which is really really interesting I like seeing things from other angles you know yeah. and um there is a wonderful movie called, was it Mitzi? Um, you know, about needing the DNA from now to go into the future to save the children of the future. And, you know, it's all to do with that. A little sci-fi, these kids, their adventure, um, the, you know, the parents and the other people. I mean, it's, it's always love it. My brother writes an awful lot of you genre. In fact, he's writing a script right now to do with, with 2057. We're living on Mars and the moon because, you know, the earth is underwater, right. <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's kids that are going to save the world because they're the only ones that can do long-term travel. So, you know, <laughs> and it's, uh, and, you know, working with kids, you know, I think there was a director who said it was horrific working with kids and dogs, but I think working with kids today would be absolutely exciting because they bring a, such a fresh point of view right. to the roles that I think it's, um, would be wonderful to do. And you're about to experience that. So yeah, yeah. on Tree Secrets, there's quite a few youths in there and I'll be guiding a lot of them too. So yeah, that's going to be very interesting. 
So your program that you have, you know, Dare to Dream, this is this is a workshop that you're doing on Zoom with upcoming actors? The what now? Your, uh, your program that you're doing with people, actors, that you're teaching. Oh, that, that's a column in the Metropolitan Magazine. Okay. That's a weekly column. Um, I was doing classes uh, near me uh, before the COVID. And then things are really going to be too busy for me to do classes anymore. Um, but I'll still do the weekly comment, uh, column and there is discussion. Uh, we'll know in a couple of weeks about putting that into a uh, publishing a handbook, an actor's handbook on that. So yeah, we'll that will be great. I mean, that's the thing. We learn best from people who have mm -hmm. gone before us. And mm -hmm. we, as teachers, learn from our students because they keep us fresh. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it, that circle of going around, you know, in anything in life, those that have gone before us, they now speak to us and inspire us and invite us uh, to explore our own options. And in yeah. that, you know, we we keep um, the teacher light because the teacher should always learn from the student and the student is learning from the wisdom. And, yeah. you know, put that in your backpack. But when you're walking forward, you're not walking forward by numbers. You know, it's wonderment, right? right? It's exploration. That's what acting is. It's that yep. wondering of, of becoming this character and, you know, revealing it out in a different way. And will people see what you feel? And, you know, that's the reward, isn't it? When people get yeah, and you're able to be part of telling the story, um, which I, I like much better than uh, there was a famous actor who said, I lie for a living. I'm an actor. And I didn't like that. <laughs> I said, I don't think actors are liars. I think they're storytellers. They yes. help to tell a story. Yes. And that enables you to be in your own world to tell that story. And it's funny with the column, in writing the column, and I call it the A, as you said, the A to Z. Um, I actually go from A to Z. So mm -hmm. A, whatever I feel like falls under the A, would B, whatever, we're on E this week, which will be expression, mm -hmm. um, which will go off, all my columns go off in several different areas that all deal with that one subject but it's funny i've learned in writing these i'm actually reminding myself a lot of my own yes you yes. know acting advice mm -hmm. things that because i think in this in the acting world you can get lost when you start getting so busy yeah you can say uh, i haven't gotten there but i think you got to watch out for it that you become lazy as an actor right because it is becoming so easy to you yeah and so in writing these columns it's keeping me it's keeping me fine-tuned yeah yeah yeah, I mean, it's easy to become complacent in anything that we get good at, sure. right? And that complacency can, you know, set off a different vibe altogether. So there's always a certain amount of humility that we need to have, you know, where you're only as good as your next job, you mm -hmm. know, and that isn't just in acting, that is in any form of performance, even in coaching, right? Oh, is, right. is uh, There are very few things that literally mm -hmm. go linear that you can do for the rest of your life. And for me, it, I have an allergic reaction just to saying linear. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because you know, I'm, you know, what's next? You know, <laughs> the exploration, you know, I love it. And oh, that's, I'm the same way. I always say that's the Gemini in me, but, and my parents and family have always noticed who have known, people who have known me throughout life. You know, I conquer something that I'm bored with it. I conquer something that I'm bored with mm -hmm. And the nice thing about acting is because there's always different roles, I don't get bored with it. Right, exactly. There's always a new challenge because yeah. obviously I like challenges. I like walls. Walls to me are not walls. Walls yeah. are something I charge through. Right. But if there's, I had a, I had a, a 
past girlfriend once told me, says, you, when you have four walls to go through, you're amazing. She said, if you have no challenge, you're the worst person to be around. Yep. So I yep. always have to have that challenge and acting allows that because yes. it's always a different role. Because you're spending all those other personalities, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <clears throat> and you know, I've, I'm a Libran. And so for me, it's always the balance. Yes, you know, but there's the other side of it. And what about this? And what about that? And that's why I can get stuck in a scene in a movie in my head and I get stuck on one thing because it's, <laughs> it's not balanced or, you know, that scene isn't going right. She's not wearing the right thing. And I can become anal with it <laughs> completely. <laughs> and it's like, come on, Sarah, this is generally when I'm trying to sleep. You know, so, But that creativity, you can't switch it off. You have yeah. to spend it. So if you are that, if you're a person that's full of expression, you know, it does again, it doesn't matter the age, right? It doesn't matter from where you came from or who you are, what your economics is, what your sex is, what your color is, what anything is. If the passion and the desire is there and the ability to become other people, then this is the world for you. Yeah, exactly. But you've got to have a certain amount of thick skin. Yes. And I've developed that very early on. (laughs) <laughs> do not take rejection personally you're just simply not right for the role that's it yeah. right that's it and exactly one of the things again i put in my columns it just means they were looking at something else it didn't mean you were a bad actor right right you know, they were just looking for something else you can't it's- be discouraged it's like auditions i when i had to audition for everything um people are just like oh i was like it's fun to me you know, and I did a lot of self-tape because I was trying to stay in New Mexico as much as possible. And I don't film here much because the only, although there's many movies and shows being filmed here and, you know, Netflix has a studio, Amazon has a studio now, uh, Warner Brothers, I mean, it's just bloated out here. Uh, they only find people in this area for, you know, very small parts, one-liners, where really they don't want you to act. They just want you to be a person fitting and filling the, filling right. the void. And again, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not the parts that fit my ability. I'll never get cast for one of those because I just, I, I act too much. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you, could, you could say in those roles, I would be considered an over actor. Yeah. Um, so I did a lot of self taping, but people just bollocks up. And, and then even when I had to do one for a uh, for a local popular show here, and just to watch the actors on the outside pacing and looking panicky. And stuff, yeah. It's like I put my article. I said this is fun. And you're doing the casting director a favor. They're not doing you a favor. Mm-hmm. You're doing them. Mm-hmm. Help them. Give them what they need. Yes. And if it's not what they're looking for, unfortunately, you couldn't help them on that one. You'll be able to help them on another one. Exactly. But exactly. it's just an audition. Go out and play act. I just looked at it. It was just fun to do. All my self-taping. I would just have fun with characters a lot of the time. Yeah, I don't care. And I mean, you just know, don't take it so serious. You have to take it serious in the artistic manner, but don't just bind up and, and, and freak out because it's just an audition. Right. We have the old um, uh, Don Rue's four agreements, you know, speak your word with integrity, right? Don't assume, ask, all right? Don't take things personally. That's their perception. You don't mm-hmm. have to take it on. And simply do your best from what you perceive is your best not measured exactly. by somebody else's best. And if you can you know, have know, those codes with you, then it, it'll keep you in an equilibrium. I know so many stories. There was one, um, there was that show called The Americans, which was a pretty interesting show. Um, what I was talking to this one Ukrainian actor, he had, his family moved here when he was like nine, but he obviously speaks Ukrainian and English and a Ukrainian with a Ukrainian accent still. 
but he had auditioned several times for that series for we ran for six years six seasons and each season he got called for an audition but he never got it until finally the sixth season he got picked up and it was for probably about five episodes and he had told them when he got cast he says i thought you all didn't like my acting they said no we loved it you just didn't fit those characters right we were waiting till we found one we found it yeah boom there you are i i was uh there is a, I guess it's kind of like a Showtime. I think it's a miniseries or it might be to series. Good Lord Bird, Ethan Hawke uh, producing and directing it. And of course I met him on uh, Mag 7, but I don't have a personal relationship with him. But that just such a, it's a really cool storyline. It, it's kind of, it's a comedy drama set in the uh, slave days actually. But um, I've been called for during that first season, seven episodes, I was called for four different auditions. Not once did I ever get discouraged mm. because for them, it's like my reader would say, do you think you'll get the next? I don't know. I said, but the thing is, if they keep calling you back, that means they like your acting. Yes. They're just looking just to, to where to put you. Right. I mean, how many people, you know, go in for one role, end up playing another? Exactly. Right. You know, it's you've read for this role and then it's like, oh, you know what? Mm, not for this role, but you'd be great in that. Right. And, and go wherever they want you to go and give it your all. But it's, you know, it's don't go in dictating how you think it should be or how the role should be. You've got to be willing to bend in the wind, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And don't, and you know, it's like, I, I got, <laughs> I got such a positive attitude that I'll even look at it like in that sense. It's like, ah, see, these roles were too small. They need, they're saving me up for a big recurring role. Wait till next season. <laughs> exactly and that's you the thing think that way you can't overthink yeah. an audition you'll drive yourself crazy right and the thing <laughs> is is if you can just continue to be a working actor and you know it's great if you can get a commercial because those commercials mm -hmm. are going to pay you every time they're shown mm -hmm. however big it, the role is in it and it also keeps your face out there so yeah. when you do get a role people oh i've seen you before they don't remember where from but you know your face is there and they pay attention so you know as long as it's not embarrassing uh, you know it's uh, maybe even if it, if it's even if it's embarrassing you know own it right own it <laughs> well, i was like so. what i this one old fella and it's a it's a saying that's been around a long time but I always remember it from this one man um you know that even negative publicity is good publicity if it's he said, if he, said, it's, he said because more people talk about negative than yes, they do positive. Yes. Yes. But <laughs> and you yes, know, there's a fine line to that. I don't. That's it. Yeah, we, we don't want the me too to be in your conversation. <laughs> right, there, yes. right. So it just you know negative. Uh, it, it used to be that we kind of loved the bad boys, and now politically it's not correct. You know because the bad boys were obviously not reflecting too well on others um right. and you know where the pendulum swings where you know we're going to be ultra sensitive to to what we do and then we'll come back to a happy medium where we can you know right. go to the line still be respectful but still have a laugh you know um right. and we're in those times where society is changing so much we're not going to go back to normal we don't want to be in that norm. We want to create not just another normal, but a different kind of code of ethics in everything right. that we do. We want to be more authentic in who we are as human beings. We want to be more considerate and we want to be more grateful. And I think if we could step into those roles as human beings, whatever we do, we could be stars at it. Right. There you go. Well now, how stated. Do, 
<laughs> how do people book you? How do people find you and follow you? Well, you can Google Danny Wynn and find a lot of ways. Uh, you can see all my work on IMDb. Stop record. So I'm just pressing to get. Sorry. Yeah. How do what people you do find you? Ah, what did I do? <laughs> but that that's another thing in acting to remember, right? You know, something happens and, and you see the person going like that. Stop. And you're still acting in your role. You know? <laughs> you know? That reminds me of like there was that scene, um, you know, talking about Dustin Hoffman. I got to get this out there real quick. Uh, oh, what was it? Uh, oh, the one with Tom Cruise. I just watched it the other day. Oh, uh, Rain Man. Rain Man, when they were in the phone booth and Raymond, Raymond farts and Tom Cruise is like, Raymond, did you just fart? That was actually not in the script. Dustin Hoffman <laughs> let it out and those actors just played along. And another thing I teach actors, don't take, don't, if you flub or somebody else does, roll yeah. with it because sometimes it's magical. Yes, but, yes. You know, and- so IMDb, uh, Danny went on IMDb, you can Google me, but the best way to, to see just in the Capsulation of everything from my social media to real to movies. Um, movies I'm working on are also on the website. So, and all on that one page is uh, www. Obviously, I can't believe I just said the W's. Uh, <laughs> DannyWin.com, W I N N. And that'll take you to everything. And if somebody wants to contact an agent, they can go to the representative button and look up them. Or there's also a way they can uh, personally contact me there through a thing not my personal email but they can submit to there to get hold of me and you're on um uh, instagram as danny win and you're on facebook yeah instagram is real danny win because danny win was taken uh danny win w-i-n-n on the win and uh facebook is danny win actor and twitter is real danny win also right so people can follow you, can see what's coming up. And all up. those links are on, again, on my website, dannywin.com. Right. The one-stop shop. One-stop shop. Go there and find <laughs> you in anything. So, you know, it's, um, if you want to be an actor, do not put age as your barrier. Um, if you, you know, feel that there's something there that you want to express, just go and do it, right? Just but go the- and do it. I, I think I, I, in, in, in anything, it's like when I did this, my sister, she had been a corporate Walmart girl, started off as a cashier, raised her hand that she could work a computer one day when she couldn't. <laughs> she moved on into the corporate and oodles of money, but it was just, it wasn't the same company anymore. Mm-hmm. Too corporate after Sam died. She wanted to start something new and she watched me do this. It inspired her. And mm-hmm. now she's a realtor in Las Vegas. Right. And right. very successful at it right away. Again, getting into it in the middle of her life. And, you know, you, you were in construction before you had your own business, et cetera. The thing is, is the, the ethics, the skills and the tools that you learned from your trade before, you bring that with you in your new trade. It's not a waste. Oh, it's such a waste. Oh. You've walked away from that. No, it isn't. Everything that you have been, all that is good and it that all... has structured you, you bring forth with you. Oh, absolutely. Well, even <laughs> even for what I did stunt work, a lot of the stuff I did as a contractor because I did a lot of the labor in and up ladders and stories and frame and houses enabled me to do stunt work. Right. I right. wasn't, I didn't, I'm not afraid of anything or driving anything and living an adventurous life. And then, and then all the people I met and had to meet, because we're all actors every day in one yes. way, shape or form. Yes. You know, we're real people. Yes. But when we go and meet somebody new or we audition for a job, or whatever you know, we're, we're all acting in a certain way so just be to, to act really is not that difficult it's just what form of acting 
you might get put under. I like uh, Elamira. I, I, I think she has almost no formal training in the beginning. Right. Yes. You know? Yeah. And that's a lot of the same as me, but we had the knack and maybe from experiences, whatever. She's obviously uh, impeccable. She's been doing this much longer than I have. And just an amazing actress. I love her. But it was interesting to find that out about her. But and I think she got it that we're all actors. She doesn't take herself seriously, which is, is wonderful. Exactly. You know, and Judy Dench, she's been around for a very, very long time. And you always yeah. know it's Judy, but it's just the roles that she plays, you know. And both of them have played royalty, you yeah. know, on totally different ones. There's the um, Helen Mirren one, uh, the Russian, Catherine, which mm-hmm. is, uh, woo! Whoa, Catherine. <laughs> and Helen played it well, you know. And, and the thing is, is, there's a certain amount of little mischief, like when she plays Reds. There's oh, yeah. a little bit of mischief in her, you know, seriousness and mischief. And, and, but with Judy Dench, it's a dry British humor, you know, the double yeah. entendre. And, and you always know that's going to be there in any role, but, but they're going to take on the persona of the role, you know, and yeah. that's the thing, immersing themselves into the character. Don't right. get lost in the character. Don't lose yourself. Always right. keep your core there, your core self. But you can become all these other people without losing that core. I once dated an actor back in South Africa. He was on a TV series, 1999, a space show, and he was doing a play there. And when I went out with him, I thought, you're playing this role, you're playing that role, you're playing this role. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> and he was every other role that he played and completely lost himself. And your success is based on keeping your core self very strong and the right. ability to bend to other roles right exactly very uh, true thank you for sharing with us good luck on all the movies coming out i know that right never now, luck uh, positive perseverance and dare to dream <laughs> yes <laughs> yes don't give up never give in never give up there's always never surrender never surrender no <laughs> and, and you know sometimes if you've got a pause the pause is there for a reason you know maybe it is a time to regroup maybe it is a time to polish up a few things uh, exactly. to reflect uh, and bring a new <clears throat> right so if you are getting that pause don't go oh, i'm not working just like okay what can I do in this time to keep me current that when I do get those doors open, I can bring mm-hmm. a fresh person to the table there. Exactly. So, always something to learn, right? Always something to learn. You're never too old to learn. Once you stop learning, you have lost life. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm learning in this lifetime and the next. Yes. That's what keeps it exciting, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the next. That's why I'm not afraid of death. It's like, wow, yeah. I'm great to see what happens after that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we continue on. And I think I think that's another thing. You can have borders, you know, boundaries rather, of what you will and will not play, but don't limit yourself. Yeah. It's a different thing there, right? So, exactly. And uh, if you, you never know what you can do until you're willing to try. Exactly. Well, thank you, you for changing. You'll never direction. know unless you try. Unless you try. Exactly. Right? You have no idea what you're capable of doing until you give it a go. Right? So uh, there's many an actor and actress that started later in life and they went on to have a fantastic career. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's, they had a life before and now they have a different life. And that's the beautiful chapters of our own book, right? Yep, exactly. Well, good luck with all the movies that are coming up. Thank you. I hope that COVID gives you a break so you can get out there and do it. 
and uh, and just keep on going, keep on trekking away there because um, you know we love an actor that loves their work. It shows. Thank you. It shows. Thank you very much, and thank you for your time. My pleasure. Until Take next care. time, folks. Remember, do not say no to anything until you're willing to give it a go because you never know if that's the path you're really meant to take. Until next time, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.